TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go. It is Scoop Podcast episode 211 on this Friday night on Score North. Scorenorth.com. That's score with a K, S K O R, 1500 AM on your conventional radio dial. March 15th is also the birth date of one Sid Hartman, the original Scoop Master. Happy birthday, Sid, turning 99 years old. I caught up with him at the Vikings facility yesterday. He was telling me, I hope I make it to my 99th birthday. I said, Sid, come on, you're making it to your 99th. He has. Sid is fine. He told me, here's the scoop on Sid. He told me he will be spending his birthday evening at Sunchad's house, a dear friend of mine. So, happy birthday to one Sid Hartman, a Minnesota sports legend. We'll get to Twins notes and a conversation with Twins special instructor, although he just got home to Dallas, but he was at Twin Spring Training for the last handful of weeks helping out Twins Special Assistant Tory Hunter. We'll catch up with Tory next segment. We'll get to Vikings notes in the final segment. Let's focus on the Wolves this segment. I continue to hear that Ryan Saunders is the heavy favorite to be the full-time Wolves head coach. I would still bet on Scott Layden not surviving, so I think the Wolves will be in the market for a general manager. Scott Layden scouting right now in Las Vegas. That's the home of the Pac-12 tournament and the Mountain West tournament. And you have Brian Pauga, who's the Wolves' director of player personnel at the ACC tournament in Charlotte. And assistant GM Noah Kroom was spied at the SEC tournament. So the Wolves are scouting all the conference tournaments. They're at the Big Ten tournament, for example, the Big 12. But when you have the power brokers out and about, I think that is noteworthy. When ranking power in the front office, you have Layden into assistant GM Kroom into player personnel director Pauga. One other Wolves note before we get to a lengthy conversation with Wolves guard Derek Rose, currently battling a minor injury, but he's had one heck of a year on a minimum contract. Heck, you could make a case he is the favorite to be the sixth man of the year. If he's not the favorite, he's maybe right behind Lou Williams of the Clippers. On Robert Covington, who's been out since late December with that bone bruise, right knee It's one of these deals where he was making progress after the All-Star break. Those close to Robert thought he would be back by this point. Heck, he would be back weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. And the Wolves won't call it a setback. Nobody with the Wolves is saying he will be shut down for the year. But I was texting with somebody close to Robert earlier today, and he just said, hey, logically, it's March 15th. He's not close to returning at this point. Why bring him back? So something worth keeping an eye on because the Wolves, you think about how bad they are defensively. There's not a team in the NBA worse at defending the three-point line, they are so pathetic overall defensively. You just think about how much they miss Robert Covington. It'll be nice to get him back whenever they do get him back. All right, let me get to my conversation with Derek Rose. I sat down with Derek late last week for a Channel 5 story that will air on Sunday night at 1045. Here's my full conversation with Wolves guard Derek Rose. Derek, one year ago today, would you believe this? One year ago today, March 8th of yeah. last year, is when you signed here. How crazy crazy has the last year been for you? It's been wild, but I've been blessed and grateful enough to be in a a great environment and with a great franchise where they allow me to be myself and play the way that I normally play. So I can't complain about anything. When you say be yourself, what does that mean? Um, For right now, this is my career. This stage of my career, it's all about just being a leader, leading by example, being a professional, coming in, trying to help the young guys 
and um, just trying to be, um, trying to continue to be a leader and being more vocal. But when you say at this point of your career, yeah. it's not like you're 35. I mean, you're 30. Yeah, you yeah. still have a long way to go in your career. No, true, but it's my 11th year. So I never would have thought that I would have got to year 11 with everything I've been through in my past, if you know what I mean. So got injured my fourth year, third or fourth year, and um, a lot of guys would have probably shut it down. But um, I continued to go and I got to year 11. So who knows how far I can stay in. I mean, do you have a chip on your shoulder? I mean, is there a lot of I told you so that I'm here in year 11 and I'm still going? I wouldn't say that because um, that was like me in the past, that like my dark side. But now it's all about just um, the Frank Sinatra quote, um, massive success is the best revenge. And that's why I'm on right now where I'm letting my game speak for itself and I'm just trying to remain myself throughout this process. I mean, when you talk about massive success, yeah. I mean, you can make a case. You're the favorite right now to win sixth man of the year. What would winning that award mean to you? I mean, it will mean a lot, but um, it probably wouldn't hit home until after the season. And right now, um, chances are slim for us going to the playoffs. Like, I really want to go to the playoffs to make my case be known, but um, we'll really have to make a push and almost win all these games. But I will be honored by it, of course, and that was one of my goals leading, I mean, coming into this year. What were some of the other goals? I think that was, I mean, making the playoffs and um, challenging myself to be a vocal leader. That's something I haven't been in the past, and this year I think I did a, a decent job with doing that. Why weren't you a vocal leader in the past? In the past, I think that I'm an introvert. I'm kind of to myself and I always led by example. You have different leaders in this league. Um, you have your Tim Duncan type of leaders and you have your Kobe type of leaders. And I was always like Tim, where I led by example and I let my game just do all the talking. Do you feel like you're now, I mean, you went through a little slump. Yeah. Do you feel like now going back about eight games that you're back to the Derrick Rose we saw, you know, October, November, December? Yeah, but even then, I'm piecing my game together. Like, I went through a um, kind of a, a, a big ankle injury here where um, I was fighting back and forth with coming back and sitting out games, and now I think I got over that hump. But um, now I'm piecing my game back together where I'm doing more driving now than later on these, what, 16, 17 games, do more jump shots, get into a groove or, or in the rhythm of shooting more jump shots. But... I always just try to piece my game together along the season. I mean, piecing it together early on, though, early in the season. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you were like 47% at one point exactly. from three-point range. until my ankle injury. So um, it's all about just that rhythm, like having a rhythm, learning what's going to be your one-two, and just, just learning everything all over again. I mean, do you know your body way better now than multiple years ago? Of course. Of course. I, I think with all my injuries and all the rehabs, I think you're kind of forced to learn your body a little bit more than others. So um, the example I always go by is like, like my mom, she always, like she had two knee replacements and she didn't play any sports at all, didn't play at all. And um, with my injuries, I think that I'll be able to take care of my body when I'm her age better than a lot of people that will probably have to go through what I went through when I was 22, 23 years old. So if anything, I think it's going to help me in the future. How often do you think about that 50-point game against Utah? Uh, I kind of left it in the past. I can't lie. I left it in the past, man. I always try to keep it moving, and it's kind of hard to think about it when 
Um, the season uh, really didn't go like you really wanted to as far as the team. Like we're fighting for everything right now, every game, we're trying to position ourselves to get in the playoffs instead of taking um, care of some games that we should have took care of early on in the year. Like uh, they would, it would have put us in a better position. How frustrating is that? That you look around that locker room and you see so much talent. Yet you're right. I mean, it's going to take a minor miracle for you guys yeah. to be in the top eight. It's frustrating, but as long as you got a chance, it's always it gives you a little hope. You know what I mean? So right now we know that um, we have 17 more. You never know what other teams may do if they sit out guys or if they play guys. Um, so we still got a chance. All right, take us through the medicine ball and how that has helped your shooting. I mean, you got it from Chicago? Yeah, I actually stole it from Chicago. You stole it, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stole it from Chicago. <laughs> and um, I think that it helped, it changed my entire game. Um, it put my shot into one motion um, whenever I shoot. And I think that it's the reason why I think I've been shooting the ball so good this year. So how much does it weigh? I mean, what's, what's your routine with it? It weighs 4.5 pounds. And my routine is I get about like 25 shots up um, before the game, I mean, before I actually go through my shooting drills or workouts, and at halftime, I get about 25 shots up on it, just getting my shot in one motion. Who convinced you? I mean, did you see this medicine ball and said, okay, nah, I should nah. give it a try? I actually worked with it um, with a coach, Adam, um, Ron Adams. He works for Golden State Warriors right now. And while he was in Chicago with Tibbs, that's who I was working out with majority of the time. So. We worked with that, and I knew that um, my shot was coming along then, and he ended up leaving and going to um, Golden State, and I took the ball whenever um, I got traded to New York. You brought up Tibbs' name. Do you still keep in touch with Tibbs? No, nah, I haven't talked to Tibbs in a minute, um, but I know that he's probably somewhere watching a bunch of games and on vacay right now, but... No, I haven't talked to him. How about your current coach, Ryan Saunders? What's the yeah. bond like between you and Ryan? It's been great, man. It's been great. I mean, coach, he's been doing a good job with making sure that he's um, transparent to all of us, um, making sure that he's communicating, making sure that he's honest and being himself. And I think that's what we want. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we want that um, with any coach. That's what you want, the, the relationship factor and just understanding one another and giving the coach your all, and he's doing that with us. He give, he's given us his all this year since he's been the head coach. Has he earned it full-time? I mean, if Glenn Taylor calls you and says, hey, Derek, would you recommend him for the full-time job? What would you say? I mean, yeah, that's even if I'm here. Like, I mean, I would want to be here, but I'm on a one-year deal, and you never know um, what the offseason may bring or if I will be here next year. So I'm hoping that. You probably got to give up, tell him to sign me back, but um, yeah, he's been doing a good job. All I think now all he needs is time and need a time to be with a, a group a lot longer. You want to be back, but I mean, there are limitations on how much they can offer you. I don't know if yeah. you know that or not, no, but I haven't, they can I only haven't. offer you so much money. Yeah, Four I, years, 36 is the max they can offer you. See, I I didn't even know that. Man. I didn't so, I mean, know. how does that factor in? As I'm just hitting you with it right now. Uh, I have. I mean, I really got going to the off season and just see. Like, I would love to be back, but who says they're going to offer me that? Like, I've been in positions where, like, right after the season, it was no communication with teams. So, um, I'm not in it for the money, but um, it's all about if the team wants me back. But, I mean, you just, you've loved every moment that you've spent here over the last year? Of course, of course. That's why I'm still able to smile through this whole, this whole year. Like, having the opportunity to actually come out and still show that I could play. 
Like, it means the world not only to me, but to the people that watched my career this entire time. There's a lot of people. I mean, you think about the fan support. Yeah. You think about the all-star voting, right? Yeah. I mean, how, how gratifying is it? How satisfying is it to see all the fans that support you? It's very satisfying, and it just um, shows, like, examples of, of people really showing love, just pure love, and for some reason, they, they follow my career and love the way that I play this game of basketball. So I'm grateful for it, and my family is. My family loves the support, too. I mean, do you follow? I mean, are you active on social media? Do you see what nah, a lot of people are saying? Nah, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I've been pl I, I played all right is because I've been off social media. It seems like all the players now that's been like going through things is because of like social media. So I try to stay away from it. How hard is that, though? It's not hard. I'm like, I don't gotta, I don't gotta read comments, or I don't have, I don't need validation from me having a good game and somebody like pat me on the back. Like I don't need that. Like I know I had a good game, or I know I had a terrible game. I think I could judge that by myself instead of people telling me. It's not like you've been a dad for just two days, but yeah. how has fatherhood changed you? I think it changed me a lot. With pay, uh, for one, you gotta have patience and. That's something I think I never had when I was younger. And um, when I had my, my son, I was 24. And just going through my rehabs around the same time, I think I, I kind of grew patience along the way. Of course, it's still hard, like maintain it, but you kind of learn how to prioritize and um, just grow and mature as a man and see what you want out of life. Is he to the age now where he's playing sports? Yeah, he's playing soccer and basketball right now, but um, I want him to play baseball, seeing all them contracts that's been given hand out. I think I want him to play baseball. Yeah, the Bryce Harper contract. Oh, yeah. The Manny yeah, Machado contract. I, I, we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's it like, though? I mean, are you able to attend, especially during the summer, you know, if it's no, he, soccer during the summer? No, he lives in Chicago um, during the year. He's in school. He's in kindergarten right now. And just like he's here with me now, um, like towards the weekend, his mom gives him um, let him come out here with his granddad, and he's out here, what, for three or four days to be with his sister and go back home and finish school. But during the summer, when, it's, um, when he's done with school, um, I have him come out to L.A., and um, he's able to, like, come over during the day or stay with me, or it's whatever he wants, basically. If he want to go back at night and sleep with his mom, it's whatever. How about some goals for the rest of the year? The rest of the year, um, for one, be happy. Two, um, keep growing as a person and as a man, and um, always be willing to listen. Um, three, I will have to say, maintain myself and be true to myself. And by me saying that, what I mean is uh, respecting others and um, understanding that nobody's perfect. And four, uh, be grateful for the, the spot and the position that I'm in right now because a lot of people wish they was in my spot right now and they're out the league, so I'm grateful for it. When you say one, be happy, Yeah. I mean, is that a roller coaster or have you been happy now for a long time? Yeah, yeah I've been happy, but what I mean by that, like, it's, it's on the court, off the court, I'm at home, uh, being at peace with myself and just understanding situations a lot better. And, you know, um, like, I'm not perfect. And in the past, whenever I did go, like, go into, like, a dark state, but what I mean by dark state is 
like shutting off, like trying to do everything by myself, being independent. Um, I talk to my friends and I talk to my family members a lot more. So I'm able to catch myself before I go into that dark place of sheltering myself from other people. So, um, yeah, um, that's what I mean by being happy, catching myself a lot sooner instead of slipping and communicating to my family members and my friends and letting them know what's going on. I mean, it sounds like it's been a deep maturation. I mean, yeah, it, it has, but um, as long as you're aware of it and you're mindful of it, you should be able to like proceed. What about your MVP here? Where do you keep your MVP trophy? My mom has it. Yeah, yeah my mom has all my trophies. My brothers and them laugh um, because they say that she has like a shrine downstairs of me and I'm the youngest and nobody other tro nobody's trophies down there uh, is down there but mine. So they kind of laugh at her. How many trophies total? Man, she has my tennis, it, basketball, tennis. She has everything downstairs. Tennis, huh? Yeah, a good little worry. bit of tennis. I mean, I played up to sixth grade. Then I stopped once um, I transferred and I had to go to another school. I was, a ma I was at a magnet school at first and then I transferred. But I mean, was that a passion growing up? No, it was something I just did in, in gym class, and I think I was kind of good at it, and the teacher saw that I was probably a good athlete. And um, once she seen that, she put me on the team, and I tried it for almost the whole year, and I ended up winning awards from it, but I never took it serious. I should go after just a couple more, but when, when did you know then you were really good at basketball? Was it soon thereafter? I think I probably knew I was kind of good was what year? Probably my sophomore year in high school. That's when I knew that I was kind of good. Um, and then yeah. it elevated, right? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say it elevated, but I took it more serious. Like at first, I was always in love with the game, but um, I didn't watch NBA, the NBA like season growing up, even though I was from Chicago. I didn't watch the Bulls. I didn't know what time they played. Um, I knew Michael Jordan, of course, but I wasn't a fanatic like everyone else was uh, um, about him. And um, I didn't know that you got pay, um, paid for playing basketball. It was something that I organically just loved and because I won majority of the time. Did that love ever go away? Nah, I don't think it goes away. If, if anything, uh, Father Time hits you. You can't win against Father Time. so. The game lets you know when it's time to give up. So even from afar, like I'm thinking 13 months ago, right? The video of you shooting in that Cleveland State gym. Yeah. A lot of us thought, you know, maybe that's, maybe Derek's not feeling so great, right? That, yeah. That everything happened. Cleveland trades you to Utah. Utah yeah. buys you out. Yes. You know, you didn't sign with the team right away. Yes. So from afar, a lot of us thought, you know, how's he doing? But even through that time, all was good. Hey, that was a great time. That was a great time. That's my sanctuary, the gym. And around that time, I was having, I had my daughter. So that was a great time for me, even though uh, I was jobless and I was trying to figure things out. Um, I was able to stay afloat, um, um, meditate a little bit more, read a little bit more, and um, understand everything that was going on. So. Um, I was just looking for an opportunity, and you know, any opportunity that you get once you're in a dark place like that, you're going to run with it. And coming here, that's all I was trying to do, like run with the opportunity that was handed to me. How'd you go after this? What do you read? 
Um, right now, it's the um, it's a Sam Smith book. It's an Arthur Sam Smith from Chicago. Mm -hmm. The labor, of the league, like the labor league labor, and it's the history of the NBA right now. I mean, that's has to be fascinating, then, right? I mean, Sam is legendary guy. I mean, oh, exactly. Basketball forever in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, just learning my history, trying to be a student of the game, and appreciate um, not only where I'm at right now, but the people before me and what they laid down for me to get to where I'm at. And even learning about like the labor side of things, would you like to be more involved? Like, isn't Anthony Tolliver a big part of the Players Association? The, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's a, he's a part of the union. And um, like I said, if if it's not me like going to every meeting, I just want a, a understanding of where things were and where they at right now. And me being grateful from getting five thousand to the guys now are getting 40 million just understand how it got to where it's at fun times with derrick rose last friday he has missed the last couple games with a minor right elbow injury the hope is he is back playing on sunday night national tv the wolves against the houston rockets then on tuesday steph curry and the golden state warriors are at target center rose was great he gave me a bunch of time before the interview off camera after the interview off camera, we were talking about his college coach, John Calipari, who was in town last week to see Matthew Hurd of Rochester, John Marshall, and Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy. I showed Derek some Suggs video on my phone from his epic prep bowl performance. He was asking me all sorts of questions about Jalen Suggs. Derek Rose is a fun conversation. It'll be interesting to see if the Wolves offer him four years, $36 million this summer. Heck, it's going to be interesting to see who is calling the shots in the Wolves' front office. But I'm telling you, I get the sense from spending some time off-camera with him, in addition to that on-camera conversation, that he is being genuine, that he really, really likes it here, that he'd like to be back with the Wolves next year. We will transition to the Twins. We will catch up with Tory Hunter. Plus, we'll have a couple Twins nuts. Oh, you know what? Let me get in one other. No, Jalen Suggs. I brought up Jalen Suggs' his name. He plays for a section championship tonight. Mark Few, the Gonzaga coach, will be in the crowd. Gonzaga wants Suggs badly. He took an official visit to Gonzaga a couple weeks back. We'll transition to the Twins next, a couple Twins notes, and a conversation with Tori Hunter. Stay with us. It's the Scoop Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Score North, scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R, 1500 AM on your radio dial here in the Twin Cities metropolitan area and surrounding areas, potentially. We are back. It's segment number two of the Scoop Podcast. We'll catch up with Twin Special Instructor Tori Hunter in just a second. A few Twins notes. Jose Barrios' contract is done for the year. He gets a $50,000 raise from last year. He will make $620,000 this year. Pre-arbitration for Barrios. The Twins, yes, tried again. They tried last year. They tried again this winter to sign Barrios to a team-friendly extension. He was not interested. I'm told talks did not get very far. Jake Cave is done as well. You would think Jake can be the Twins' fourth outfielder, but who knows? He does have an option remaining. So maybe Derek Falvey and Thad Levine get creative with the roster. Jake Cave is done at $572,500. Tyler Austin is out of options. It'll be interesting to see what the Twins do with Austin. He's done at $568,600. And Tyler Duffy is done. Duffy, who led the Twins in wins three years ago, only gets a 
$7,500 raise from the minimum. The minimum Major League Baseball salary this year is $555,000. He comes in at $562,500. All right, let's head down to Fort Myers. It is Tory Hunter, affectionately known as T-Nuts. He is a special advisor to the front office. He helps advise Derek Falvey, Thad Levine. He did some roving minor league instructing last year as well, and he's a special instructor at Twins Spring Training. Tori, always appreciate your time. Always enjoy catching up with you. You're now back home in Dallas, but you were in Fort Myers for like three weeks. What stood out from your experience there in Fort Myers with the guys? Man, you know what? The, the atmosphere, the atmosphere was totally different. Um, it was more lax, uh, but at the same time, when these guys, you know, um, got to the stadium, they put in the work. It was more technical um, and and you know they, these guys were excited to be at the stadium. I mean, you saw more smiles. The guys got their rest. They slept in a little longer. I think they let them sleep in an extra hour this year. And I, I, I think that's pretty cool because the body get a chance to heal. And uh, but you know, as far as the team camaraderie and chemistry, I think uh, just having you know Nelson Cruz there, a guy with some wisdom to hit some home runs, and and uh, guys are all flocking to him to kind of talk to him about his approach and hitting. Um, uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. You saw Kepler and, and uh, Polanco, they got their contracts, and you see those guys smiling from ear to ear. To ear and, but at the same time, these guys hadn't skipped the beat. They just they go out there and work hard every day. You see them out there in the cage working on their craft. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like spring training has been going pretty well, especially for Buxton and Rosario and uh, um, Kepler, these guys have been hitting the ball pretty hard, so uh, pretty excited offensively. Pitching wise, you got guys trying to find their their um, uh, their their flow, uh, their the strike zone. They're working on different things. Uh, Rios looked pretty good last outing, so I definitely think these guys are on the up and up. With that sort of analysis, Tori, you need to do more TV, not less TV. Am I right? You're not doing any TV this year. <laughs> no, no TV this year. I, oh, come on, Tori. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a break, but I, I want to get more into the clubhouse. Uh, when I was doing TV, I felt like you know I had my suit on and I couldn't stay in the clubhouse and really talk to the guys. I was really trying to get a lot of information uh, for for TV, but uh, it was a lot of fun working with Dick up there. It was a lot of fun working with Fox, and you know it's something uh, that that I just kind of try to trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out if I want to go. TV route, or do I want to stay on the field? Because uh, I have one more year on the contract with my wife, <laughs> and once that contract is up, uh, she said I can go full time into baseball. We'll see what happens. Well, I mean, you say you say we'll see what happens, but I mean, you managed in that World U.S. game, right at All Star Weekend of last year. I mean, it sounds like you have a passion for whether it's being a manager or whether it's a hitting coach, bench coach. I mean, is that the direction? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Tori, but is that the direction? <laughs> maybe you're leaning. You know, being full-time in a clubhouse, being a coach? <laughs> I have no idea. Are you trying to sneak something out of me? Well, you know me, Tori. We go way back. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I am trying to sneak do. something. Yeah, I yeah. know you did. No, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, it, what's the use of me playing all these years, striking out a thousand times, <laughs> all those times, and, and making adjustments and failing and, uh, and making adjustments and, and going out and, and playing 19 years and gaining all that wisdom and wisdom I always say is heal pain and just and not be full time in baseball and not give it back to these young guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think eventually I go full time. I don't know whether it's a coach 
or whether I want to be a manager. Um, you know, for me, I like to create my own team in my own atmosphere, their own mentality. I have a different mentality than most, but um, but I, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's why I'm I'm trying to go full bore on the on the field and be closer to the players. And if they want to, you know, ask questions, I'll be there for them. Um, so that's that's I'm just trying to test it out right now. Speaking of managing, being a manager, did you get good vibes from Rocco Baldelli? Man, Rocco is awesome, man. He's nice. I, I, I admire the way he played the game when I played against him. I saw him come up and grow in the game, and now he's a manager. Um, he has a you know a quiet spirit, you know, but at the same time, he's a lot of fun. He's he's uh, easygoing, um, but at the same time, he wants you to play hard. So um, I really like Rocco, his philosophy. Play the game hard, but enjoy the game as well. And um, uh, so we'll just have to see what happens. This spring training right now, um, it's a lot of fun. The guys, are, he's always smiling at the clubhouse. Guys are talking to him. He's very approachable. Uh, so we just have to wait and see, you know, throughout the season, you know, when there's so – this is his first time managing uh, in the major league. So just have to see how that, you know, the heat – when the heat is applied, see how that works for him. When he's winning, and see how it works for him. We just have to see. I'll ask you about a few guys that you brought up in your opening answer. On Nelson Cruz, I mean, nobody has more home runs in baseball the last five years. You competed against Nelson a ton. I mean, how good of a year can he still have? What is he now, Tori? 38, but does he still look like he has plenty to offer? Man, man, you've seen this guy's workout regimen in the clubhouse. I mean, he has like 110 pound dumbbells in each arm, and he's bench pressing, and then he goes and get 100 pound dumbbells and he curls it. Jeez. I mean, this guy is massive. He's put together. It's like someone made an arm and then put it on him, then made his legs and put them on him. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> he's pretty impressive. And uh, uh, but in the clubhouse, like I said, guys are coming to him because they know what he did. They know his track record. I think he'd be great in our lineup uh, to kind of. You know, when he's hitting behind someone, the guy in front of him that's hitting could get more pitches because everybody knows what Nelson Cruz can do to you and what he's done in the past. His history tells the story. Uh, so I definitely think that just having him in the lineup changes the dynamic of it. What is Buxton curling? Did I hear right that he put on like 20 pounds of muscle? Man, he put on 21 pounds of, uh, of solid muscle. I mean, this guy's you think of Buxton as a skinny guy. If you guys haven't seen him, you know, whether on TV, you really can't tell. But if you see him live, you're going to see that he put on 21 pounds in the right places. And uh, uh, so, I I mean, he's been hitting homers. I think he has like four home runs, 12 RBIs. And, and uh, uh, he's been hitting the ball pretty hard. And he's coming, he's coming to spring training like he's trying to win a job. And uh, he's playing hard. He's, he's there early. He stays late. I mean, you, you. I mean, Byron Buxton. Of course, he, this spring training doesn't go in the back of your baseball card, but this is a hell of a start. So I definitely think that you know, once the season starts, if he can continue to stay consistent in his play, I mean, this guy is such a talent. We always say for the last couple of years, he could be the, one of the best players in Major League Baseball. I mean, when and yeah, I mean, expound on that. I mean, when talking his ceiling, for example. I mean, is his ceiling way higher than yours ever was? I mean, with his speed is. It's unbelievable. It's ungodly. Like, my, I was not that fast <laughs> at all. I was fast, but he's fast as you know what. This guy can fly. And uh, so, yeah, he, he's definitely got me beating that. Uh, Power-wise, I think I got him on power. I tell him that all the time. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, but I, I definitely think this guy has five tools. He has a strong arm, has a, a knack for defense. He knows the, what he wants to do defensively. Uh, uh, if he ever proves that he's going to hit in the major leagues consistently, I mean, I'm telling you, he'd be one of the best players that played this game. And do you sense that he has a chip on his shoulder the way last year played out, how bad last year played out for him? Oh, uh, yeah, man, just, you know, a little bit of everything. He was actually, I think he was a little sore. He had some injuries, a, I think a toe issue. He had mm-hmm. a wrist inju- injury or something like that, and he just had a lot of things going on. When you're not healthy and you're a speed demon, you got something wrong with anything lower than your waist, you're not going to be yourself. And and also you need your legs to hit, you're not going to be yourself. You, but with Byron Bucks' mentality, it's sort of like mine. I, I, I didn't care if I had an injury or I had the flu. I was going to be on that field. You wasn't going to take me out and, um, and without a fight. And that's why Buxton was. And, it, and you know, I've been to a, a point where I was injured and sick and whatever it may be, and I get out there and, and might not play as well or I couldn't do what I really wanted to do and end up causing me, you know, a bad month or so. So I just uh, I understand where he's coming from. I love the mentality. I love the fight, the dog in him. Uh, so I definitely think that um, um, I might not have used, shouldn't have used that analogy. The fight, the dog in him. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's okay. <laughs> but he's uh, he's definitely a fighter, man, and I really like that. Yes or no? Max Kepler has the most beautiful swing on the team. Max Max Kepler, man, is is like. <laughs> He's a Greek god. That's what we call him. You know, this guy, he, he works out. As they call him the, the, you know, people call him the, he has a body of a Greek god. <laughs> and uh, his swing is pretty impressive. The guy, if, I told you, I tell people all the time, if I could put this guy in the combine right now, he could get drafted because they will be impressed with his footwork, his, his, uh, his vertical, his 40-yard dash, his power. I mean, he has a little bit of everything. He, he really, he's really a, a put together athlete. All the technology there at camp. I mean, whether helping out the hitters, the pitchers, does it just blow you away? You say all the technology for the hitters. Yeah, well, just pitchers. not even the hitters. I mean, pitchers too. I mean, it just it seems like there's there's cameras set up everywhere. I mean, there's just there's so much more technology even compared to maybe five years ago. Oh yeah, definitely. I I would say just last year. Yeah, <laughs> there's more cameras than last year. Um, I mean, they're they're looking at the the fingertips. The camera can get the fingertip. They can get the rotation of the ball uh, off your fingers. You can go see it like HD to see what your try- what your fingers are doing when you release the ball for the pitchers. I mean, they're so detailed and so technical. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's nothing wrong with having that information, man. I, I, I promise you, I wish I had it because I was just such a student of the game. I studied the game day and night and uh, and and just to give myself a chance. You don't play 19 years unless you be, become a student of the game and know the secrets in Pandora's box, which is, you know, in baseball. And uh, and I think, you know, with, with the camera angles and all the technology, it actually advances you a little bit. I'll leave you with this. I mean, you said you're under contract one more year with your wife, but does that contract have some leeway? Will you do some minor league instructing this year? I mean, what will what will keep you busy this baseball season? Oh, well, you know, the last two years I went to different levels and I'll stay four or five days, sometime a week, and, and work with the guys in A-ball and double-A, and, and, uh, and I just work with those guys and watch them play for four or five days. And I, sometimes I travel on the bus to go on a road trip with them. 
you know, and I have a lot of fun. I buy meals for them, and but at the same time, it's pretty cool. And you know, we didn't have that in the minor leagues where the guys, you know, any kind of major league player will come down and just, you know, ex former major league player come down and just sit in the clubhouse and help us, you know, in A ball, double A, triple A. They didn't. The Twins didn't do that at all. But just having Morneau, myself, Tadire, and Latour, we're able to go down to the minor leagues. And when we open that door, these minor leagues are like leaguers are like, wow. This guy's been where I'm trying to go. I have to ask some questions. And so we're in the cage. I'm in the cage like two or three hours because I, every 15 minutes I got a guy coming in. He's like, tell me what you see. And so we just kind of work on the mindset a little bit. And these guys love it. So, you know, I feel great giving it back to those guys. I love hearing that, Tori. Keep kicking butt. And when you're here, heck, opening day is, I mean, it's two weeks away, right? I mean, it's 13 days. Yeah. It's it's right around the corner that that the Twins and Indians are going to be playing at Target Field, and I know you'll be in town for for opening day. So let's make sure we connect. I will. When What's you're in the town. weather like there? Pretty you know what? Cold, it's right? actually forty five degrees and rainy right now. It's been raining all week, so a lot of the snow is melting. But February was one of the worst months in Minnesota history when it comes to snow. Wow. I'm not making that up. Where there was so wow. much snow in the month of February, it's going to take a while for for it all to melt. But I can guarantee you, Target Field will be looking magnificently. Well, with the heated ground, it's pretty impressive. I like that heated ground. If my toes are not cold, then I'm not cold. If my toes <laughs> are cold, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I love it, Tori. I'll see you in a couple weeks, okay? All right, Doogie. Take care. Stay warm. The one, the only Twins legend, Tori Hunter. When we come back, I'll empty out the notebook, the latest on the Vikings, and whatever else is going on, including Mark Few, the Gonzaga coaches in town tonight, to watch Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy. So I'll have a few notes coming up next here on the Scoop Podcast. Welcome back. It is the final segment here on Score North, scorenorth.com, Scoop Podcast episode 211 on this Friday night. We'll get to some Vikings notes in just a second, but let me reiterate a note I had on my last Scoop podcast, which is available on iTunes, scorenorth.com, kstp.com, the sports page, podcast1.com, all sorts of places, wherever you get podcasts, you can listen to that particular podcast that did not air on the radio, but it is available. I taped it on Wednesday. Fred Hoiberg, those close to Fred, or at least one person close to Fred, has been gauging interest on some recruits. In the event that he lands at Nebraska. Now, I wonder, after Nebraska has won a couple games in Chicago at the Big Ten Tournament, has Tim Miles maybe saved his job? Maybe not. And is Fred Hoiberg legitimately interested in going to Lincoln, Nebraska? I heard he wants to coach in the NBA over college, but he wants to coach over working in an NBA front office. Would Nebraska appeal to Fred Hoiberg? This is my roundabout way of saying... You know, if you're curious about Richard Pitino's future, and who knows, maybe Mark Coyle is waiting for the season to end, wants to evaluate the full body of work. But I can tell you, if those close to Fred have been kicking the tires on some recruits, asking about the potential of those recruits ending up in Lincoln at Nebraska, well, they're not doing the same at Minnesota. I would just think if Mark Coyle is looking for a new basketball coach, how would you not gauge the interest? How would you not be working back channels right now inquiring whether Fred Hoiberg would take the job. So I'm just saying, if you're wondering about Richard Pitino's future, there are no signs right now pointing to Richard Pitino. A couple weeks ago, I had said that a high-profile agent who represents a couple logical candidates 
told me that he heard it was like 50-50, that he had heard, yes, maybe Coyle was contemplating a change and maybe not. But now as we fast forward a couple weeks, I'm just telling you, there really is no steam. So at this point, I would say maybe Patino is back for a seventh year. Keep in mind, the buyout for Richard Patino is close to $3 million. So it's not cheap to make a move. If you make a move on Patino and you bring in, let's say you can't get Fred Hoiberg, let's say you bring in, you name the coach, Eric Musselman, whomever, you would have to pay that coach's buyout to get him out of his contract. Then you would have to pay that coach upwards of three to three and a half million dollars a year. So does the university even have that sort of money? Plus, hey, it is somewhat historic when the Gophers make the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is a program that has one NCAA tournament win going back to 1998. That is putrid. That is embarrassing. That is pathetic. So it's not like the bar is real high when it comes to Gophers men's basketball. So, hey, the Gophers making it to the NCAA tournament. We should find out on Sunday that they have made it. Hey, that should probably be enough to save Richard Patino's job. All right, let's get to a few Vikings notes here in the final few minutes. The Vikings will host draft prospects April 2nd and 3rd. Locked in, Blake Cashman, former Gopher, Danelle Green, former Gopher, former Eden Prairie High School quarterback, former Badgers linebacker, Ryan Connolly, and former Apple Valley offensive lineman, Sioux Falls offensive lineman, Division Two Northern Sun Conference, Trey Pipkins. The Vikings will host over 30 draft prospects those two days. Gophers Pro Day, by the way, coming up on March 27th. I was asked, hey, did the Vikings have interest in a reunion with Cordero Patterson before he signed with the Bears? The answer is no. I was asked, hey, did the Vikings have an interest in a reunion with Adrian Peterson before he re-signed with the Redskins? The answer is no. The Vikings have checked in with free agent tackle Ryan Schrader started a bunch of games a couple years ago for the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl. The Athletic was the first to report on Vikings' interest in Schrader. Jared Veldehir is another tackle that has come up in Egan. I don't know who initiated that conversation because we're to the point in free agency where a lot of agents are reaching out to teams saying, hey, my client is a fit for you. I just know there was a conversation, but whether the Vikings actually have interest in Veldehir remains to be seen. I heard on tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, and the Vikings don't have interest in Safarian Jenkins, but he lives in Atlanta in the offseason. He actually throws with Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, but the Vikings have not registered interest in Safarian Jenkins. I still think they will plug some holes. Nick Easton took a visit yesterday to New Orleans. The Vikings are maintaining interest in re-signing Easton, but as of yesterday afternoon, the Vikings had not made Easton an offer. I've been asked about the kicker position. What will the Vikings do at kicker? There is mutual interest in a return for Dan Bailey. The Vikings have talked to Bailey's agent. The Vikings also have an interest in retaining wide receiver Aldrick Robinson and cornerback slash punt returner, one of the longest tenured Vikings, former gopher from Rochester, Marcus Sherrills. I was asked if the Vikings had any interest in free agent guards, AJ Can and DJ Fluker. Fluker to the... Seahawks, or was it the Chargers? I can't even recall. He did sign with the team and can re-signed with Jacksonville. The answer is no. The Vikings did not register interest in either of those guys. I thought the Vikings would have some interest in Moundsview High School alum, former North Dakota State Bison, Billy Turner. He got paid. He went to Green Bay. He's versatile. He can play four positions. He'll probably start for the Packers at right guard. Denver losing Billy Turner. I thought the Vikings would have some interest with the Gary Kubiak connection, but I'm told once the Vikings heard the price point, the Vikings really were never in on Billy Turner. They did have interest in Juwan James, the right tackle, before he went to Denver. They also had interest in Roger Saffold, but they would have had to blow away 
the Nashville offer, the Titans offer, I guess it would be, the Titans based in Nashville. Apparently, Saffold and his wife, his family, they wanted to be in Tennessee. I don't think the Vikings were willing to blow away Saffold with an offer. They had interest, but I don't think they wanted to go to that price point. I will say, with the Vikings having interest in right tackle Juwan James, in right tackle Ryan Schrader, hey, the Star Tribune brought this up a couple weeks ago, and to make some sense, would you move Brian O'Neill to left tackle and shift Riley Reef inside to guard something to keep an eye on all right we are done here on scoop podcast episode 211 appreciate you listening to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health and that's where the sleep number bed comes in and let me tell you ever since i've had it my sleep iq score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.